What's good? Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. We have another interview today, Lisa Limehouse, and this is going to be such a powerful message. We talk about encounters with love. We talk about heart transformation. We talk about radical healing after betrayal. It is deep. It is profound. It has the potential to bless your life. So come with an open mind, with an open heart, and just position yourself to receive. This will bless you. If you are new here, welcome. I am so glad you landed here. Likely that is divine. (laughs) It is not random. If you would, go ahead and subscribe. If you've been hanging with us for a minute and this podcast has blessed you, God has moved through this and spoken directly to you, Go ahead over on Apple Podcasts, rate it five stars, leave a comment, let us know how this has changed your life. This is something that is really a ministry. We're able to offer it for free, and it's such a gift to expand the podcast into more hearts and more homes. So take 60 seconds, go ahead, rate it five stars, leave a review, and when you do, don't forget to go to julianapage.com, click on the podcast page, and claim your free gift. All right, everybody, let's do this. All right, everybody, welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. We have one of my new BFFs now. We were just joking offline. Like, why do we not know each other sooner? Absolutely love this woman. Her name is Lisa. You are going to get blessed by her message, by all of her sharing her testimony today. So make sure, I know y'all do, but make sure you listen all the way to the end. Without further ado, let's dive into this message. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, honey, thanks for having me. And you're right. Like, (laughs) we've probably known each other within the spirit for a long time. 100%. 100%. (laughs) I love. So introduce yourself a little bit for people that don't know you. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So my name is Lisa Limehouse. I am... First and foremost, a child of God, Um, just a a woman who is passionate about the Lord, uh, strong, vibrant, confident, and it all comes from my identity in him. And then after that, I'm a wife, (laughs) I'm a mom, (laughs) I'm Gigi to five really amazing grandkids from age 21 all the way to six. There's one girl in the mix. She holds her own. Oh my Um, gosh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm a fur baby mama to a little 10 pound sheep who her name is Kiva, which is Hebrew for God's protection. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, so I'm a podcast host to Beauty Beyond Trail podcast. I am a trauma uh, and mental health coach. Mm-hmm. All the good things. Yeah. All the good things, right? Like probably none of the things that you thought you would be doing though, right? Is that true? This is true because there was a period of time for 15 years that I actually was in full-time ministry. So I'm an ordained minister. And so I spent 15 years traveling overseas and in the States, uh, just speaking, you know, just around the world and ministering to people who definitely dealt with trauma in their life. Uh, People who had come out of the occult, people who had lived very, very uh, difficult lives and um, just saw God move in so many ways. And I really thought that's what I would be doing all my life. My dad was a pastor. And so it was like, okay, this is the rest of my life. But God had other plans. And I had a hiatus for a while. God pulled me back to take care of family 
And then he said, uh, it's going to look very different when you get back out there. Well, honey, I had no clue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You're like, describe different, though. What do you mean? (laughs) I can't. But you know what? Hindsight, I would not have wanted the hint because I would have said, no, do not sign me up for that, please. 100%. Right. (laughs) I just want to, I love that you share this context because- I mean, when you hear something about trauma and ministry, like these are things that you usually don't just step into randomly, right? They definitely become a calling and your grace to do it. It's not something that you literally can even do in your own strength. So I love that you share that. And will you also share about your God journey? Because I feel like it's so fascinating to hear people's journey with God, because not everybody comes from having a pastor as a parent or from a legacy of faith. And it can feel so confusing it can even feel inaccessible for some so I would just love to hear your journey with God yeah so you know I was brought up in a family where uh my mom and dad got divorced when I was six so I you know it was early on both of them were not walking with the Lord and um fast forward both my parents remarried both my sets of parents uh just fell in love with god and just had this most amazing relationship with god i was very blessed um my natural dad uh ended up in the ministry and um my parents were praying for me because I was a hellion. Let's just call it like it is. Okay. Let's like, call it's it. like a next level. I was like, oh, we call them like heathens around here. But let's no. Truth, okay. We're gonna speak truth. Um, I gave my parents a run for their money. I really did. And you know, I just was, you know, I mean, not not good. So yeah. At the age of 25, um, I actually, I was unsaved and I actually was married at the time and I had an affair on my husband and spent a five year period of just darkness and living in this spiry mire pit. It was awful, but God in his mercy stepped in. And so this man that I had an affair with, I ended up marrying, he had an affair on me. Wow. And I hit rock bottom and I'm talk about darkness. And through this, God sent a woman into my life that started hounding me to go to church. She said, look, you've tried everything else. Okay. (laughs) And just so that she would get off my back, I said, yes, let me go to church with you, (laughs) right? And so I ended up going to church with her. Everyone knew what I had just come out of um, because I ended up divorced and they knew what I came out of. And and they knew though, because I would sing around the office. She knew I loved to sing. So she invited me to be a part of their choir and they embraced me. Wow. And I became a part of this huge Easter production. It was called Living Scenes. And it was at Mabel White Baptist Church in Georgia. And um, on the third night, I was one of the Marys at the foot of the cross. And the third night of the performance, oh, did God get a hold of me? Like God radically stepped in during that time period. And during the performance, I broke. 
Like it was, it was not acting. It was God moving in my life. You know, literally one of those Damascus road moments transforming me. And I came out of that just transformed. I moved back home. Now, did I, did I walk a great, perfect, you know, life? No, I floundered for quite a while. Mm -hmm. But through that, God ended up calling me into the ministry. Um, and I spent amazing 15 years with God in ministry, saw God move in the lives of people in ways that, you know, some people would think God still moves like that today. Oh yeah, he still does, right? Healings, you know, people being set free and, you know, even having my, one of my last divine assignments before I left the pastorate was working one-on-one with a death row inmate and seeing God transform this man's life yeah. into something just radical for only the glory of God. Yeah. So powerful. Tell me too about this, this floundering part, right? Cause I feel like this is potentially where some people can get stuck and it's just so wild to hear like what was on the other side of that. So if you would have gotten stuck, what wouldn't have happened? Right. So you have this Damascus like moment where you're epically transformed and you can't go back. Right. Like life as you know, it has changed, but like life doesn't get better though. Right. Like you're like, what, what in the world? Like, doesn't it change? Like I'm walking with you now. Like what gives God, right? Like I was expecting something very different. So what did you do in that little blip before you started doing these other exploits in the world? Yeah. So when, when I moved back to Charleston, here I was, you know, uh, trying to find my way. And I started visiting different churches. And, you know, when you are a baby in the yes. Lord, like yes. don't think that Satan's not standing like the hawk with that a part. little baby chick, right? Yes. If you're going to, you know, get, get sidetracked here. Yes. And boy, you know, he put obstacles in my path he put people in my path that were not of God that seemed to be right. So here I ended up in churches that were really not following God. Huh. And that I got taken down some roads that were not of God, but yet I was still seeking God with everything. I were. listen, I will tell you in the midst of that floundering, I would go to one church and then I'd realize, why does this not match up with scripture? Wait a minute, the Bible I'm reading, this doesn't match up. And then I'd leave and I'd go, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm like, God, why, why do I keep messing up? And then I would have the moments where I'd be like, well, you know, then you get tempted and you kind of fall back into some things, right? And yep. you still yep. might have the nights where you're like, Oh, I'm going to go and go out with my friends. And then you go home and you're really convicted. And you're like, I used to not be convicted like this. What is wrong with me? So you're, you're, you're fighting the old person, right? You still have a flesh. So good. Right? You still have a flesh. So we still have to learn that process, like Paul says, of crucifying the flesh. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not a one and done. Mm -hmm. That's why Paul says in scripture, I do what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I want to do. What a wretched man am I, right? Yes. Who's yes. going to save me from this? Yes. Well, I started just saying, okay, God, 
you've got to send the right people into my life. Yes. And through that, I found out that I had a grandmother praying for me. And listen, if you listen, listen, whoever's listening right now, if you've got a grandmother praying for you, give up. Yes. Like they don't <laughs> shut up. They they do not. Like she's bombarding heaven. Like you're just right. <laughs> and I've got my dad and my other my all my parents, you know, I've got all these people praying for me. And they're they're just bombarding the gates of heaven because they knew yes. I was floundering. But little by little, God would show me the way. And I there were times that I would stumble and I would just through journaling because I'm a huge journaler. And I would hear God just tell me, don't give up. Yes. Yeah. Keep your eyes on me. I've got you. Right. And his faithfulness and his goodness would show up day after day after day. And he sent mentors into my life and he sent the right people. And listen, even as we mature, mm -hmm. we don't get it right every day. Yeah. But what we do find is what I love. The Apostle Paul is such an example of this. What we do find as we mature in the Lord is we find that we become more humble because we begin to realize the gravity of the sinfulness of the nature that we do have, right? Yes. And, and then, because in the beginning, we're like, oh, I'm this Christian now. And we, yes. so yes. like Paul in the beginning would say, oh, I'm the chief of all of this stuff. But if you notice Paul's journey and as he matured, he became more humble yes. and he started to recognize his neediness of God. Yes. Okay. And, and how he could stumble and fall and how grace upon grace abounds above it all. And just to be able to recognize that it's not what we do, but who God's made us to be through the blood of Jesus that really matters. Mm -hmm. I love this because again, you don't know what you don't know, right? And then this isn't a walk that you can do without God. So there's this really interesting thing that's happening, right? Like one, he's put a new heart in you. So you're learning how to like move and beat with that. You're like, wait a minute, right? Like things that I used to do, like I'm not doing anymore. And I kind of desire to do this thing. That's weird. Like I, I have these new desires now. Like I never desired this before. I don't even feel equipped for this, right? Like I don't even know what this looks like if I were to show up and do this. And you literally cannot do that journey without God. That's right. Yeah. Right. Unless you're walking according to the spirit. Right. It, which is according to the spirit, not you. You won't produce the fruit of the spirit. You won't produce this life that you now have access to. So it's a really beautiful thing, because in doing that, you realize how much you do need God. And it absolutely to me in the safest place to be. Right. Like the will of God is the safest place to be <laughs> like as hard as it is. It's still the safest place to be. And that was never the promise. Like the promise was never that your life will get easier. You just won't do it on your own anymore. That's exactly right. Staying a part of that vine hmm. is your source of life. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, there is no life without life itself. So true. Right? He is the life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I want to hear this part too, because not only is he life, right? But he's love. I think that that's what led oh. me to him is I didn't know 
real authentic love. And then I was like, well, shoot, if I don't know love, that means I don't know the author <laughs> and the creator of love. And now what am I going to do about that? Like, am I willing to meet him? Am I willing to walk with him? Am I willing to discover what that might look like, be like, change my life, some kind of thing, right? Like if I encounter that, what's going to happen? Am I willing to find out? So tell me a little bit about encounters with love too, because I'm sure that this is also radically transform what you do in the world now, like the different things that you do in the world now, this is probably why. So tell me a little bit about that. It's very different now because, you know, I, I love how you said, and it's love, right? Yeah. And the author of love, because for me, here I was coming from this performance, mm. right? So it was all about, well, in order to be loved, I have to perform. In order to be loved or accepted, I have to act a certain way, dress a certain way, do a certain thing. It was all about performance. So we you speak to this also. I have to be useful. Useful. Absolutely. I have to be doing. Yeah. Right? I have yes. to be doing. So, so here now I walk and, and here I've got this beckoning from God because I, I honestly believe when when Jesus calls our name, you can't resist. I mean, look at the story of Lazarus. Like yeah. he spoke his name and he could not resist, right? Okay. So when he calls you, there's no resisting. Like he's irresistible. So here I'm being called and being beckoned. But yet at the same time, I'm like, but what do I need to do to get you to love me? Right? So this was a journey. This was one of the hardest and most difficult journeys for me. And I'm telling you that this was a journey that lasted years that I perpetually fell back into. And I would find myself doing more. I've got to work for this. It was, it was very works oriented. And I literally had to be set free from that. And God just threw his grace and he's just so loving and kind in this, that there were times that he would just say, you just need to stop and just sit and be. And I'm like, but I don't know how. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Right. And he'd go, just sit here and be quiet. And, and I, I would just literally go, okay. And I'd be sitting there and within 30 seconds, I'm so antsy. I'm like, I'm going to explode. I've got to say something. Yes. I'm going to say something. This doesn't feel natural. And it was a part of the rebreaking of just remolding and making me and letting me know, child, I accept you because I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, it says that we love him because he first loved us. Yep. I mean, he loves me because, right? Because I'm his. So I had to step back and I had to literally start really, as Paul says, become transformed by the renewal of your mind and start working through that process of let me just be with you, God. And I will tell you, when I even think about that process to this day, it wells up in my heart because I still feel the overwhelming love that I don't have to perform. Yeah. That I can. Thank God. That part. 
Like, I don't want to play God. <laughs> I can just be. Yes. So what's that done for me in, in what I do today? I think one of the most transforming moments that God made me understand this was I was, when I was ministering to this death row inmate for an 18 month period, there was a time when I was driving to go see him and I was at a gas station and I was filling up my tank with gas and I looked down, I see this penny on right in front of my feet and it was the nastiest, stickiest, grotiest penny you would have ever seen. And I hear the Lord say, pick it up. And I'm like, really? I don't want to pick that up. Like, that is nasty. <laughs> and I hear him say, no, you need to pick that up. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, gosh. So as I'm reaching down to pick up this penny, I hear the Lord say, don't ever forget that it's all about the one. And now you're the one being sent by the one to the one who is now in need of me, just like you were the one that was in need of the one yes. at that time. And so he's, he made me understand that he looks at us through a different lens than we do. He looks at us as his identity through the blood of Christ, through how he knows our outcome will be. Okay. And if we could just start to walk in his spirit and look through his lens, how different would it be? Yep. Yeah. So good. And I think too, like why that's so necessary, because it had never occurred to me before reading the scripture, right? Like you literally do, as you read it, you are being transformed. It's like, again, not something you're doing. It's just something that's happening as you're doing it. But there's the scripture that talks about how the heart is sick. It's actually evil or wicked or deceitful, right? And it's like, oh, like it never occurred to me that my heart is sick. And that because it is, like I'm drawn to things that aren't for me. They're not pure. They're not holy. They're not upright. They're not good. They're not excellent, right? And unless my heart gets healing, right? Unless it has these encounters with love, how, how would that ever change? right because i'm gonna create it, or go after these things that were never designed for me and i'm like well no wonder like <laughs> no wonder until you ran into god like that was your story yeah um, and that's that's one of the reasons why i i now work from a place of heart transformation versus behavioral modification okay so good so so you know in society there's this huge thing about, you know, behavior modification, which in and of itself is good for a short term, but it doesn't sustain. It's not sustainable because like you said, scripture says that the heart is sick. Yes. And so unless there's been a true heart transformation, it will never maintain itself. No. So when, when I work with, any woman it's always in mind body and spirit mm -hmm. because that's what jesus did yes you know he fed the five thousand he healed the sick you know he he worked with those who were tormented within the mind 
but he always also went for the spirit man so it was all inclusive mind body and spirit the whole person and instead of focusing in on what most of society does mind and body today I believe that we need to be focusing in on the whole entire person so there can be true radical heart transformation. Uh, I love how you articulated that because I got to that bridge because I started asking, well, if I don't know God, right, if I don't know love, then I don't know what he cares about. So I started asking this. I love asking God questions, right? <laughs> like he doesn't tire of my questions and don't give me answers. This is great. So I started asking him, well, what do you care about? God, what do you care about? Right. And then he goes to this section where it's talking about, well, man is looking at the outward appearance, like all that stuff that you've been trying to keep up or achieve or figure out. Like man cares about that, but I'm looking at your heart and I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. So that's telling me something. Well, what is my heart supposed to look like? Or how is, how, how do I know if my heart isn't sick anymore or what needs to be in there? And what do I need to guard it from? Because we all love to say, And it's just plastered everywhere. Like guard your heart, right? Like it's where all the issues come from. We're like, cool. Like I get that logically, but like not practically. What am I getting it from? Or like, what am I protecting that's in there? What am I supposed to make sure that it's not getting exposed to? Or how do I really build it up and keep it healthy? Like, how do I do that? Just like you're thinking about physical exercise and the natural, like how do I actually exercise my heart in the ways that it's designed for? That is so good. That is so good. (laughs) You're like oh <laughs> well like it's prompting this question that i have for you which is hysterical this is just what it's like when we're connected but i know how is it different to heal with god right like because i've tried both like i was definitely like the self-help junkie or like let's go to another program or hire another human or like go to therapy and talk it out for a while right but how is it different to actually heal with god no, it's night and day. Okay, that's the short term answer. <laughs> okay, that that's the that's the that's the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, um, I'm like you, and and we parallel so much. And um, I tried the healing without God, right? Versus yeah. the healing with God. And so let's let's which is performance based, right? To your point, oh. where it's like, oh, but I did the program, or it's like oh. I did that thing, like I'm healed, right? Like one and done, we're good. Yeah. Yes. So if we if we fall back into a little bit of history uh, with me. So, you know, when when I came out of being betrayed at the age of 25, you know, well, not the age 25, but 30, because I fast forward. So at the age of 30 and was betrayed and, you know, at that point, it was not with God. So. For me, the very first thing that I tried was, well, I need to self-medicate. Yeah. I tried self-medication, right? So, you know, it's the let's go out and drown our sorrows in partying and, you know, dance clubs and, you know, drinking and all the things, right? So tried all of those. And then it was like the oh, woe is me stage where I kept myself in this victim mentality for a long time and saw myself as this victim that could only survive. I was only going to be a survivor, right? Right. Day by day. And then I got to the point where it was like, well, that's not working. So let me try therapy. Uh So I went into therapy 
and talked about my issues uh -huh. week after week after week after week and did nothing but relive the same stuff over and over and over again. Yes. Until I just basically said, the only way to get past this is to just sweep it under the rug mm. and move on. And that's what I did prior. That's, that's how I quote, tried healing without God. Now no. let's, no, no. now <laughs> let's fast forward yeah. to, you know, three years ago, you know, well, let's back up five years ago. You know, I, I lost both my parents six weeks apart, um, very tragically for my dad. Um, and so very trauma, very PTSD. So I knew that things in that regard needed to look differently. So the very, very first thing I thought was, okay, I need someone to help me process this because I know what it's like to get stuck in trauma. Yeah. And I've got all this unprocessed trauma under the rug from 30, from the age of 30 that I realize is unhealed. So I sought out a Christian therapist who really worked with, you know, mind, body and spirit, yes. right? Who got, who got it? Yes. Who got it? Yes. So I worked through that for seven months and then fast forward a little bit and then went through a betrayal. My husband betrayed me. And I thought I was at such a good place that, you know, I could kind of work through this. Yep. No, yep. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right. But I, for a time, went back into a very old pattern of workaholic. Yep. And instead of trying to deal with it properly and to heal according to God's way, I wanted to work through it. So I kept myself busy. I read, I did all the self-help programs. I knew better than to do this, but I said, well, I did therapy for seven months. I'll employ all the things that I learned from therapy, but I was seeking to do it on my own. But there came a time where I ended up in a hospital stay for four days Physical attacks, adrenal gland shut down, my endocrine system tanked, and my heart was stressed. I was in a cardiac unit for four days. And it was almost like God was like, okay, uh, um, it's time to stop, you know. Yep. And I spent eight weeks recouping at home and said, okay, God, I've tried to do this my way. Now let's do it right. Mm -hmm. So what did I do? I was sick. And I became the woman that reached out for the hem of his garment. Mm -hmm. And he met me there and said, daughter, your faith is healing you. Right. And through that, I went back into Christian counseling because, you know, the counselor needs a counselor. Okay. I'm just saying. And I 100%. Went back, yes, my body and spirit just really started journeying with God. But I really this time pressed into the goodness of God and recognized that God desires for his people to be healed. He desires for us to be whole. And he's just waiting there with open arms. And when we reach out, he will guide and direct us. And he put the right people into my path. 
and brought my healing. And then that's when he led me into, okay, now I'm putting you back out. And this is what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and I love this. I want to highlight a couple of things, right? Like it's, you can love it in hindsight, <laughs> not love it when you're through it, right? Um, but it's so interesting because even that, this divine timeout that you experienced, that even that was God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Like, I love you so much. Like, I'm not willing to allow you to go on this path any further because it doesn't end well. Yeah. Right? Like, this is like a destiny moment, not just a divine timeout. But I think what's so interesting is he did want you to go through that because what he cares about is his people and he couldn't trust you with them fully yet that's right right and like if your heart is sick where are you going to lead them to when i send them to you exactly right yeah oh yeah so- <laughs> you know god is such an experiential god he is he is And, you know, look at it, Moses, in order to be able to lead the people, he had to wait and he had to have his time with God, right? You know, David had to go through all of the ups and downs that he had to go through to be able to be a man after God's own heart, even though God said he was a man after God's own heart when he called him, look, he still messed up. Yes. He still messed up. But all of that was used to bring him to where he needed to be as an instrument of God. Paul, I mean, everyone in scripture, everyone goes through those divine wilderness moments for what God has called them into. That's your equipping. And you can't bypass it. Like it's essential for the, like you can't, you can resist it. You can fight it. You can whatever, but like, you're still going to have to go through that in order to get to the next thing. You just have to, it's just par for the course basically. Right. And you never, to your point, cause I love that you highlighted this. You never arrive, right? Like we're not done. Like the whole mission is to stay on the potter's wheel. <laughs> He's going to keep showing you things that you're finally ready for. He's going to like cut off something over here. He's going to mold or smooth something out over here. Like you've got to stay on there. Right. I have have a great example of that. That just happened last week. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm serious. Like talk about that. You know, God is never done with that. That's what sanctification is. Right. Yes. Yes. And we've never arrived. So I'm always like, okay, God, what else needs to bubble up that I'm not aware of? Let's, let's go and start working on it. That's always a scary prayer, isn't it? It is. But it's a good prayer. So last week, you know, I, cause, cause I deal with helping women heal from betrayal, right? And so I've walked in myself and, you know, we're still on this healing journey. And so I'm, you know, you believe you're at such a great place. And then last week I'm looking at my schedule and I noticed that someone scheduled themselves on my schedule. And I went, oh, wow, look at the name. And it was the name the same name as the other woman. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I had this yep. in the heart. Yep. And I went, 
God, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I, what? And then all of a sudden I recognized, oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> this is just not for her. This is for me. 100%. And I will tell you that my time with her now as a client is so sweet. And is so, I mean, what God is doing in her and in me through a name is the most amazing thing. You know, it's all about what I call embracing the journey. Like sometimes we want to push it away. Sometimes we want to jump over it. We want to get around it. But God says, no, if you would just embrace this. And that word embrace means pull it in close. Like face it. Come eye to eye with it, because in this, there is something so good for you that you don't recognize unless you embrace it. Mm -hmm. And embracing it means trusting him with everything that you are. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that you are not yet. Right. Like everything that he wants to like start pulling out of you. And that almost feels like a Joseph moment, right? Like God will heal you to this point that you can bless your enemy or somebody that positioned themselves that way in your life. Right. He had this moment where he's speaking to his brothers, right. And he's not even allowing them to feel afraid or guilt or shame or any of that. And he says, my God did this though. Right. So he doesn't even take the credit for how he's grown. Like he doesn't even let them think that it was like, they're so wicked. They're like, no, no, no. Like this whole thing, this was God. Mm-hmm. Right. Like oh, yeah. God can heal you to the point that when that moment comes where you could be an enemy to your enemy, you are God to your enemy. That's right. I love that. Oh, my and that God. is so beautiful. Because when, when I sat back and I recognized that this was so him. Yeah. It showed me once again how much he loves me. Yep. How and much he loves both of you. That's why it's such a beautiful like overflow for both of yeah, you. Yeah, and how much he loves every woman that he brings into the sphere of influence that he's given to me. Yeah. It's not by happen chance that they are there. Yeah. It's divine appointment. So good. agree with you. And I know that we have like riffed and excitement on this offline about how God's ministers are looking different now, right? We're not just called to a church. We're not just called to like what, what it's looked like. He's releasing, well, he's building, preparing and releasing and really launching these laborers, these marketplace ministers. So I want to hear a little bit about now what your different looks like that he brought you into, right? Because he totally changed what it looks like. He changed the assignment. He changed your heart. He changed your journey entirely so that you could go all in on this. So tell me what that looks like now. So beforehand, I, when I was in full-time ministry here, I was, I was traveling in the United States. I was traveling overseas. I was speaking, I was ministering, especially to a lot of um, people who had come out of the occult. Yeah. So very traumatized. I thought I would be doing that my entire life. I really what that is to maybe somebody that don't doesn't know that might be a common term to some, but for those that it's not. Yeah. What is it? 
So those who have gotten pulled into witchcraft, those who have gotten pulled into um, the New Age movement, those who have gotten pulled into Satanism, um, and whether it is, um, and there, believe me, the enemy is sly. He's very sly. It can look, it can look very, very beautiful with the little crystals and all this other stuff, right? It can look very harmless, enticing, right? But it's not. It's Mm -hmm. not. It is a bondage. And so, you know, for those, I worked with people who were born into it. Mm -hmm. I those who were enslaved to it. Uh, kidnapped into it and those who willingly walked into it and that's a whole nother story in of itself how God pulled me into that but you know God did miraculous things in and through their lives and some of the things that they had been through were so traumatic it's beyond the scope of imagination but I really thought I'd be doing that the remainder of my life but when when he called me out to take a hiatus because he said my family would need me. My mother uh, got ill with cancer and, you know, passed away. And then my dad and I had to take care of family for a while because God, God cares about all of us and he will change your assignment according to those who are in need, even you, right? All of it. But then when he said it would come a time when you go back out and it would look very different. I did not know that I would go through a betrayal. And I actually would have my husband betray me with another woman. I was separated physically for a year. And really came down to during that year, he vacillated back and forth between me and her to where I actually filed for divorce. And I thought that it was over. But, but God, Mm -hmm. okay, but God, right? (laughs) And the whole journey, I kept just hearing just massive, you know, moments with God where he would just say, you know, I understand what it's like to be betrayed child. You've also betrayed me. So I would have those moments, right? I would have Damascus moments where I'd be driving over a railroad track and I'd hear him say, um, speak to the dead bones, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd go, I don't want to. Yeah. Like, they're dead. They're gone. And he'd go, <laughs> and he would go, well, that's what you see, right? Like, dang <laughs> it. faith, I would do it. By faith, I would do it. And so, you know, there came a point where God, through this, uh, he ended up resurrecting my marriage. He ended up bringing us back together. We are still a work in progress. I think you always are. Um, and through this, you know, God said, okay, now it's time. And he called me to start a podcast. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I've been behind a pulpit. I've done all this, but I've never podcast before God. Okay. Uh, That sounds techie and weird. What are we talking about? He puts the right people in my path. I end up starting this podcast and he kept telling me, you've got a platform and women need to hear the truth. Yeah. 
And so I just started being faithful. I started this podcast called Beauty Beyond Betrayal. And through this, God would tell me, this is the avenue where I will bring them. And when they come to you, it's by divine assignment. Come on. Yes. And you are to guide and lead them to the head of my garment. And this is what I do now. I I work with women who are dealing with the devastation of their husband's infidelity. And uh, whether it's been, you know, yesterday they found out or whether it's been 10, 15 years ago, no matter where they are on the journey, God wants them whole. The ultimate goal is the restoration of their marriage. But irregardless, God's going to heal them either way. And I have seen God do miracles. And I would not want to be anywhere else. Now, would I want to go through betrayal again? No. No, that's a one but, <laughs> but I will tell you, I where I am today and where my heart is today, these women, I, this is what drives me to get out of bed every morning. Yeah. Is who do I get to help yeah. reach out on your garment today? Yeah. yeah 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 so good i love do you have Ooh, this is good okay do you have a word of wisdom so like let's say right many many years from now when all of your powerful work in the world is complete right it is finished you can't take that body of work and everything that you've done with you you can just release one sentence one pearl of wisdom right that will change lives what would you say I believe that what I would really want to go on after me is that in the midst of our brokenness, there is so much beauty if we choose to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are all broken. We, we, especially over the last few years, so many people have been traumatized um, they've been so broken. Things have been um, unearthed that were hidden and, and people don't know what to do with it. They think that because they are dealing with brokenness, that their world has ended and things are done. And this is life as we know it. This is my lot in life. Yeah. But with God, he is the possible inside of your impossible. Yeah. He. That's why if you look at that word, it literally says I'm possible. Mm-hmm. And he is. Mm-hmm. And God wants the brokenness to become beauty. He gave me a saying, and I really, I really one day really believe that there will come some writing from it somehow. But in the midst of my own brokenness, he gave me this sentence, and it is precious treasure comes from broken vessels. Yes. Yeah. And you know, probably, right? The Japanese art form, Kintsuji. Have you seen Never that? heard of it. Oh my, what? Okay. Like me. <laughs> you, you must Google this. Like it's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. But Google this. That's the very message, right? Of there's a broken piece of pottery, right? Something that someone would throw out similar to that penny that you saw. It's just like, it just looks like a waste. You know what I mean? But they have this art where they'll put like this gold liqueur all over this thing and it turns into something more beautiful. 
than it even looked like when it was broken. And this is what God does. And another example of this too, it's like, you could have this broken or like this beautiful, like normal pot. Right. And then you have this broken one and you put a light in both of them and the light in the broken one makes it so much more epic than the other one. You can't even see it in the whole pot. So Kintsuji is what it's called. But I, I know when I first saw that, I'm like, but that's what God does. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. You have to have some sort of, you have to be aware of your brokenness to let him invade you with his light, right? And yeah. to let him totally make all of that broken stuff beautiful. Like it's only God that can do that. Like there's no way you could do that. Like literally with you, it is impossible, but it is never impossible when you put it into his capable hands. That's right. And just the metaphor of pottery too. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to go like lose yourself in that later. <laughs> Yeah, well, the pottery, and it's so funny because one of the pictures he led me to was pottery yes. that, had, that had broken, yeah. you know, the little broken vessels in it. Yeah. And then I had superimposed upon that um, precious treasure comes from broken vessels. Yes. And it's something that's just so near and dear to me. And that's how the podcast got named, you know, Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at the life of Jesus, he was betrayed with a kiss, yep. which is how betrayal happens. Yep. Even in the Garden of Eden, you know, there was this, this fruit that was eaten with the mouth, right? There was betrayal that took place in the garden. Betrayal has been since the dawn of time. Yep. But beauty through Christ always comes so beyond betrayal. So true. And I love that you're highlighting this piece too. I mean, we talk a lot about it here where we're in self-sabotage and there's a way to get to self-mastery, but that's a faith gap. That's a God gap. There's no way that you can master yourself, which is a very much a worldly term, but there's no way you can do that without God, right? right? You can't become who he's formed, shaped, and anointed you to be without him. But a lot of betrayal is a bunch of these self-betrayals that have built up over time, right? So that is what we don't want to see. But when we come out of denial, which is usually the first step, just being willing to see things differently, being willing to admit out loud, if even just to yourself or to God, that life isn't okay, that you do need help and that it's not fine, right? How you normally would answer that question. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's good. You're like, no, though. Like, you're like tripping on the inside, right? Like, you're losing it, <laughs> actually, right? And when you can actually admit that, then you can go on this beautiful journey with him and it's starting to accept yourself versus betray yourself. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. You do that, right. You can start doing that with other people too. So I just love that probably a lot of the work you do too, is helping women accept themselves. Oh, yes. One of the, one of the main things that we work, you know, we work through um, safety, you know, getting them to safety. We work on destroying the limiting beliefs that we all deal with. Right. right. We release trauma, from the physical body, because if we don't, it still, it can create illnesses deep within us, physical illnesses, right? But then we come to a point of rediscovery. So I love that part because that's when I get to ask the question that they get to ponder on and then start to flesh out is who do you want to become? Ooh, so good. Because, because at the core of that question, who do you want to become? God starts to bubble up within them the woman he really created that they lost identity in, yeah. that they lost along the way. And that's when the Holy Spirit starts to bubble up and goes, 
here's who you really are, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we we work through things like what what does she look like? What does she speak like? What does she dress like? What does she eat? What does she think? Like, let's really look at this woman who you want to really become because that's who you really are at the core. That's your identity in Christ alone. And that's who God wants to pull out of you. Yes. Because you've lost yourself in the world through self-betrayal, through betrayals of the world, through all of this stuff. Well, all of that, he's been healing. Yeah. Now let's unearth this beautiful woman of God. Yes. So that she can shine forth the glory of God. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's literally like, I hear it as a phrase, like you are the key that unlocks destiny. Like stop looking for it. Like you are the key. And it's actualizing her or recognizing who is required to access that promise, right? Like this promise place that God has said is yours. Like who is required to get that? Because there's a version of you that you've got to meet and you've got to live into that actually allows that to be possible. Like God says it's there, but you've got to activate her and become her more and more every day. So I love that you described it that that way. So good. That is so good. We're like preaching to each other here. It's so good. Well, last question for you. I want to hear what you sense God is up to in this season for you. Um, for me or for what I see him doing all around? <laughs> both. Let's both. do both. That, Let's that do sounds both. good. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm really seeing, um, you know, we've, like I had just said just a minute ago, we've come through this time period where um, lockdown and so many difficulties that people have gone through, yeah. uh, self-betrayals, um, just trust issues, all of these things that people have now developed yeah. over the last number of years. I see God working in the midst, actually shining a light on all of this and actually unearthing a lot of trauma, a lot of unhealed um, emotions deep within. He's, He's actually shining his light on the darkness and exposing the things that have been hidden because he's desiring his people to be set free for such a time as this. So good. And I honestly believe that God is activating his army. Those of us like you and I who have been, you know, just in the trenches for a time who have now been activated for this time period, using our voices to bring truth and freedom to the masses. He's now activating us in such a way to say, okay, now it's time to take these people and set them free so that now they can turn around and set people free and set people free and set people free. Right. And it's kind of like an outward focus that I see. Um, And, and I see God moving mightily in that. And I notice even with myself, the more healing that I receive, the bolder he makes me so good right and the boldness is to see people set free at all cost yes 
Like I am getting so bold to where it, you know, it, it's not about pleasing man. It's about pleasing God. That's it. So we're going to speak the truth in love and it's up to you at that point to receive it or not. Yes. Right. Yes. Because God desires his people to live an abundant life here now today, yes. not just in heaven, yes, but here. Yes. And so I see him moving in a very mighty way right now through those of us who have this voice that he's called us to, right? Mm -hmm. And he is allowing us to touch so many and to see their freedom happen so that they can turn around and be activated. Yes. It's exciting. It's super exciting. Super exciting. And it's necessary. Like, I can't even think like life is hard enough as it is like and i'm just at this place i'm like you literally cannot afford to do it without god now like there might have been grace before to like be kind of in confusion about that or just unsettled about that but now it's like you literally can't afford to do life without him anymore and there's not many safe places to land when you start waking up and so that's why it's so necessary right the the harvest is plentiful and so many people are having awakenings and waking up right? And, and coming to this inner journey of spirituality, that's when you start going within, right? You stop looking outside for the answers and you start going within, but it's not all of those inward journeys lead to God. Right. Right. So that's why it's yeah. so important that you have people that can actually guide this journey and that have been through it, right? It's experiential yeah. to what you've been saying before. It's not just something that you arrive at and aren't prepared for. It's like God has been preparing you and setting you up to really love well, because that's truly the mission. You have to love well. And you have to be willing to be vulnerable. I think that's key too. Is in this time period, he's calling those who are willing to be vulnerable. And for me, I'm extremely vulnerable. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't hold back. I'm very raw and real on my broadcast. Anybody I speak with, I'm very raw and real. I don't, I don't sugarcoat it. Because people are looking for real. Yeah. You know, we there are so many people that we we see a highlight reel all the time on social media. We see the things that are scripted on television. We see all of this stuff. People are craving what's real. And I believe when they hear real people, they go, oh, she gets me. So that's when they gravitate towards you and then you can lead them to the one who is the truth yeah, and who can really set them free. Yes. So good. So good. Oh my goodness. Well, how can people connect with you? <laughs> well, the best way to connect with me is just to go to beautybeyondbetrayal.org. Okay. That is uh, the website for my podcast. And on the podcast, it has every link that you need to get to me so that I just lead people there all the time. Beautybeyondbetrayal.org. Love yep. it. And I just want to honor you, Lisa. I just am so moved, inspired by your journey. You make it sound so easy in hindsight, but I know it's required all of you. And the fact that you are just this, beaming light that is full of joy and life and love for people is truly a gift. And I'm just so blessed to know you, to be on the journey with you and just so excited for everyone that gets to encounter you and the beautiful work that you do. 
So thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me today. It, it is such an honor to be here. And I am so grateful to God that he crossed our paths. And it was definitely a divine assignment, <laughs> right? It really was. So thank you. Thank you again. Yes, you're welcome. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.